0: Welcome to Serene Reflections, a podcast of Dharma Talks from the Walawa Buddhist Temple. I am Reverend Clarissa Beatty, a Zen monk and Buddhist priest from the mountains of Northeast Oregon, where we practice contemplative meditation, the Chan of Bodhidharma, the Zen of Dogen, the Serene Reflection Meditation of Reverend Master Giu Kennett. You are are invited to let yourself grow naturally still, to let go of the world for a while. Join us in listening in sound, in listening in stillness, turning within to listen from the heart
1: that seeks the way.
0: In Buddhism, the three pure precepts are to cease from harm, to do only good, and to do good for others. This means to refrain from doing whatever causes suffering and confusion, to do what arises naturally from ceasing to do harm, and to live for the good of all living things. The wish to help beings is a noble one. It springs up as a pure intention, arising from within all of us
1: when we open our hearts.
0: What do I do with this pure-hearted, benevolent wish when it comes up? How may I give it expression? How may I encourage it so that it takes root and grows in my life? There are two very basic activities at the heart of Soto Zen, the heart of serene reflection meditation, the heart that
1: seeks the way. These two
0: activities are to sit regularly in silent meditation and to keep the moral precepts or guidelines in everyday living, to try not to do harm in every moment, to try to do good and to try to help beings when i really look at the state of the world when i look honestly into my own heart this can seem daunting given the scale of the suffering Given the pain that I feel when I encounter it, I might tend to think, I'm just one person, how can I possibly make a difference? I might realize I have all sorts of greeds, hatreds, and delusions lurking inside and wonder how I could possibly
1: ever let them all go. The most
0: obvious place to start is with what's right in front of me on an ordinary day. To start with what's in my own heart. In what way may I refrain from causing harm? To this end, there's a simple practice in our tradition of not killing insects when we happen to come across them. This practice comes up often with
1: the coming of spring.
0: This aspect of Zen practice comes easier to some than to others. Whether I find it easy or hard might depend on the examples I was raised with, and on my personality, and on my inherited karma. It might depend on which type of insect I happen to meet, or how many of them there are or whether we may have surprised each other. Either way, it can be useful to take up this simple bug sparing practice. If it's hard for me not to kill bugs, it might help to be patient with myself, to not squash myself, as I give this new practice a go. How may I gentle my mind, rather than give in to the coarsening that happens when I turn away from
1: my true wish to help beings?
0: How might I become more aware of what my mind is doing as it throws up reasons not to try this new way of being? Reasons based in fear that is just a tangled up version of the original pure wish to protect. How might I include this odd-looking little thing before me in my definition of all beings?
1: If I am
0: one for whom it is easy not to squash bugs, it might help not to look down on people who do kill them.
1: Consider this. Maybe they're killing out of ignorance. Or
0: maybe they're afraid of getting bitten. Maybe there's a bigger picture they can see that perhaps I'm not aware of. Let me not kill the Buddha nature of that person in my eagerness to save the life of the bugs. Reverend Mado says, to be tender, even for a moment, it helps. Anything we do in accord with the precepts helps. Have you ever thought of what it must be like to meet a human from the insect's point of view? Imagine how gigantic we must look to them. What a relief it must be to get away safely, Consider the bug's eye view. The practice of not killing insects is not done out of sentimentality. It's a small, simple, ordinary way to follow the precepts. Do I long for peace? Here, before my feet, is one way To work steadily moment to moment for the peace of the whole planet and for the cessation of my own suffering. The first of the Ten Great Precepts is Do Not Kill. It begins No life can be cut off, for the life of Buddha is increasing. Continue the life of Buddha and do not kill Buddha. Once we come to know that all things have the Buddha nature, how can we possibly deliberately kill anything? One way of expressing the precepts is by what we refrain from. Here's the precept on refraining from killing. Most of the time I am actually keeping this precept quite naturally. And then there are the times when I'm not. Killing is not only a matter of committing murder. Taking life can vary by degrees. It may arise in the heart as annoyance later to emerge as an unkind put-down toward a co-worker. A habit of criticizing myself is a way of slowly cutting myself
1: off from my own Buddha nature.
0: Withholding life-sustaining resources out of greed when I could easily share out of kindness is a form of cutting off any Time a person can refrain from killing even in subtle ways is one degree less of separation in the world. Another way of expressing a precept is by what to do rather than what not to do. When I follow the inner prompting to cease from harm by refraining from cutting off life, the way in which I'm doing good is by cherishing life. I'm allowing life to keep flowing. I'm helping some form of life to go on. It matters less what form this takes or how well I manage it than that I turn in this direction.
1: Here's one way
0: to try. If picking up a spider by hand seems unwise, a clear plastic cup and a small piece of thin cardboard often works well. The cup can come down quickly over the spider as it crawls along a wall or ceiling. Then the cardboard can be slid slowly just under the upside-down cup, taking care not to pinch tiny legs in the process, completely covering the rim of the cup. Finally, holding the cup and cardboard firmly together with the spider safely inside, the covered cup can be escorted outside or maybe into a crawl space if the weather is icy cold, and the prisoner can be set free. With regular practice, a person can become skilled in this technique, even with winged creatures. It seems these minuscule beings can sense when our intentions toward them are benevolent. It even helps to speak kindly to them, explaining what's happening. The more still we are when we go to pick them up, the more likely they are not to scamper off. So it can help to meditate and wish them well. If you choose to just not squish the bugs, that's a huge step from the reflexive swat that many of us grew up with. Admittedly, there's a choice point to be sat with when dealing with harm being done by mosquitoes, gnats and fruit flies, for example, or with yellow jackets that have gotten established where people live, or horse flies infesting a stable or fleas on the dog. There also can be surprising creative alternative solutions to reflexively getting out the poison spray or straight out smashing. Bug repellent and mosquito netting might help when camping, for example. Moving the compost away from the house might be another fix. The class insecta is endlessly fascinating. Aren't you curious to get to know them and learn more about their mysterious ways? Best of all, thinking up how not to kill nurtures in me new ways of looking with kind eyes. And should it come down to a seemingly impossible choice between one type of harm or another. There's always the recourse whenever possible to take a moment to meditate on what might be good to do. Rather than just reacting, I can stop and ask in the deepest place what would be good for all the life concerned. Including myself, my family, my pets or livestock, my employer, my neighbors, and my
1: insect guests.
0: If, in the end, it becomes unavoidable to take action which will result in the loss of life, at least it can be done as a last resort, in the interest of preserving other life and with respect. In reverence, and the expression of regret. At least it can be done only if absolutely necessary, with the offering of merit, and the full acceptance of karmic consequence for the taking of life, rather than in ignorance or fear, rather than with the intention to kill. Without indulging greed, hatred, or delusion, Turning in this way, perhaps suffering may be lessened rather than increased. The precepts are not all about don't, they're about remembering what's precious. That's why they're called the three treasures. The practice of sparing the life of our wee bug friends is the cultivation of the habit of cherishing all life. These tiny, delicate beings offer such a gift when they cross paths with one of us. They offer the chance to follow the Dharma Together with another one of all living things. Dogen says in the Shobogenzo, There is nothing that has not been covered with the benefits of the Dharma, even including clouds and rain, winds and water, plants and insect life. The heavens and the earth, along with their domains, having been set in motion by this wheel of the Dharma, are like fish freely and vigorously swimming about in water. When people say, I am hearing words that I have not heard before, they are saying, I am listening to the Dharma of the present moment. When they say, I am getting what I did not have before, they are giving a name to their realizing the Dharma of the present moment. The next time the benefits of the dharma appear in the form of a housefly buzzing about, let me remember to look for the teaching here for me. Let me open my heart to what would be good to do or not do, even if it looks completely different than what I might have expected.
1: These living
0: things I so long to help include me. All living things includes beings who are far away or strange looking or who dwell on another plane of existence. Wishing to cease from harm, to do only good, to do good for all beings. How may I nurture that pure intention by opening my heart in reverence? to all that is. Opening my heart, I just might be pleasantly amazed at what shows itself here in my heart and all around me. At the very least, with practice, the cherishing of life may become a habit and I may come to peacefully abide amongst a whole new universe of insect friends as over and over I make the priceless offering of the gift of living a little longer to another life form. For joining us in listening to Serene Reflections from the Heart That Seeks the Way. To learn more about this practice, including more about how to meditate, you are invited to visit our website at Temple.org. Here, in the Kanseon Shrine of our Meditation Hall, we offer the merit of our practice of Serene Reflection Meditation to all beings including you, wherever you may be.